Today's world brings many interesting possibilities for doing what you truly love and making a living at the same time. Meet Christopher Nutbush, a talented sculptor who has been sharing his passion through live streaming on Twitch media platform for more than 10 years. You are listening to the Polymeric Podcast. My name is Lucy and today I'm super excited to talk with Christopher about his journey with Polymer Clay. Hello Christopher, nice to see you here in this way on the Zoom. I would like to start with something more basic. So how would you introduce Twitch to someone who is not familiar with this platform? Uh, well, I, I think most people are at least familiar with what live streaming is nowadays, um, you know, especially with the COVID and everything. And it, it's just essentially, it's like watching YouTube, but it's live. So it's like watching a video, but it's instead of a recording, it's a live broadcast where people can come in and you can uh, type in the chat and interact with the streamer and the streamer can interact with you. So um, that's, that's pretty much it. So it's a live feed or like a live show that you can mm -hmm. actually um, interact with the broadcaster. And that's Twitch. Twitch itself started off as just a gaming streaming platform only, but um, I was actually the very first non-gaming partner uh, on Twitch. So I came through and started streaming sculpture and open that opened up the doors to uh, all all types of categories so now you can find all kinds of different streams so do you remember the moment when you got the idea to share your skills through videos there um yes so the way that happened was i at the time i was already sculpting kind of like as like a side job you know i had commissions coming in and stuff like that and i had learned about this website called twitch and streaming and all that stuff and i actually wanted to stream gaming so i you know i got the money together for a computer so i could stream gaming but between my like day job and my commission work i just i was had no energy no time left to uh, to do that too so then it was just like a light bulb kind of turned on what if i streamed my sculpting you know so kind of like combine the two things and uh, that's when it that, that's when it all started And right now, are there more people working with polymer clay? Yeah, there's there's a there's a I'd say probably about a good 20 sculptors that I know of streams that I know of, and of course, there's always new people joining. Um, some people work with different clays, but there's a lot of polymer clay artists too. So mm -hmm. I'd say I'm probably the, uh, the the biggest one, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot. Well, you are streaming on Twitch every weekday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monday through well, well actually now Sunday through Friday so, <laughs> mm -hmm. so six days a week and do you still enjoy that when it's happening pretty often yeah yeah so I mean I have strategies for avoiding any sort of creative burnout um, and really the key is uh, having a nice balanced day with good breaks in between and um, I also I have a schedule where I work on something different every day. So I have a different project assigned to each day of the week. And that just keeps things fresh and new and uh, very enjoyable. So how many people are usually present on your live streams? Uh, our average viewership is like 200 active viewers. And then but mm -hmm. through the course of one stream, there's about 2000 unique visitors so that means people because people are constantly coming and going but it's always around about 200 uh at one time so mm -hmm. and you basically created a community around you if i may say that 
and I'm interested in those people who are fascinated by your artwork and live streaming. Are they asking you and following you and keep asking questions about other things also on other platforms than just Twitch? Um, so it's a mixture. So there's there's a percentage of my audience that is also trying to learn sculpture, you know, and trying to, you know, learn from the stream and or or they're working on their other projects and they just kind of have me on their other monitor kind of working alongside it's it's what we call working and lurking is when you're busy doing your thing but you have the stream up on the monitor that you can go glance at every once in a while and see all the progress and we have nice music playing so so it's more of like uh creating a, a kind of like a like a just like a working have you ever worked in a big kind of like uh, classroom with a bunch of other people working alongside you it, it, it everyone inspires each other to to continue you know and mm -hmm. so um i would say it but then there's also people that are like playing games and they also do the same thing where they have they just like having a stream on while they're playing their games or they're working in their work day a lot of people a lot of jobs allow people to watch live streams during their work day so um I don't know. It's a good mix. It really is. It's not just the the people that are there aren't all sculptors. You know, some people are just they just like to see sculpture, but they don't actually like to do sculpture. So, well, I'm I'm in the community of polymer clay artists and enthusiasts, and I feel that they are mostly women. But okay. in your case, is it like women or men? Uh, let me think here. Okay, so I have I just started doing a class like a real class on this platform called teach, which it's like, it's like a stream, but then it's like zoom where at the end of my lesson, they can come on with their cameras and show their work and I can give them specific, you know, critique or like what's working, what's not kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been really fun. So, and uh, I would say it's like half and half, uh, male, female, actually probably a little bit more male. So I, I know I have two two or three ladies that are following along and like three or four guys uh, that, that are actively mm -hmm. coming to each class session. So, but there's about 20 or 30 people watching. So it just shows you, I only get to see the ones that actually, you know, uh, come on come on the camera yeah so but not mm -hmm. everybody does that so and on your twitch account do you feel like they're mostly women or men i'd say it's i'd say it's probably equal um mm -hmm. it, it's it's again it's hard to tell um based on people that are active in chat that i know if they're uh, male or female um i'd say it's pretty even so there's been times where i've i felt it was favoring one way or another but you can't really ever truly know so, but that just shows me that it's probably pretty even so how does it feel for you when you are basically shooting a video of yourself working with clay and you see a lot of comments coming to the chat but you don't see the people behind the devices right 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 you just see the name and chat and then what they said yeah and and it's interesting because um, I've been doing this for so long. I've been streaming for 10 years. So to me, it's just, it's like I'm having a conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, when I read their comments, it's like they're actually saying it to me, like if they were sitting in front of me. So it's just become, it's just become so normal for me. That's why mm -hmm. for someone just getting into it, it's not going to be normal. You know, uh, initially yeah. you have to get used to it. So, yeah. So can you imagine that one day, if it will be possible, you would meet all together at one place face to face? 
Well, we do. So I do something called CNATCon. It's my own convention, but all it is is a camping trip that people are invited mm -hmm. to come and camp for a weekend uh, at my hometown. So if and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's a good time. So and you know I'd like to do more um, going to actual conventions. You know and setting up a booth and getting that face uh, interaction uh, with with my community. Um, it's just it's a hard thing to uh, justify because it's very expensive. You know to go to mm -hmm. to get a booth space to travel to get um, you know to bring all your work with you. It's a huge expense for, uh, for just getting some. FaceTime, you know, because right now I, I operate strictly through the internet, you know, which is free, you know, and so. Mm -hmm. So what about teaching life? So I have taught, so California State University hired me to teach a master's level sculpting course, um, mm -hmm. a part of their summer arts program. It's like a really intensive class where you, uh, the students stay in the dorms and they're literally sculpting from when you, we get up to when we go to bed. And uh, it's like a, they create a sculpture from start to finish in five days, um, having never sculpted before. Um, but I didn't, I didn't do that. I, they asked me to come back this year. I decided not to because I just I don't uh, want to travel all the way to California right now because uh, I got a I got a two year old toddler and my wife uh, uh, is from Germany and she doesn't have like her license yet. Mm -hmm. So it would be it'd be a little hard to leave her here, uh, you know, by herself managing all that. So. So I, pa I passed on it this year, but yeah. And have you ever, just a question, have you ever visited Germany? Yes. Uh, so yeah. I, I actually, so I met my wife, uh, I should probably mention this, I met my wife on stream. So she was, uh -huh. a, she was a viewer that um, <laughs> <laughs> she started. So when she first found me, I was always bad at photographing my work, like really bad at it. And I, I put zero energy into it. It's just not my passion at all. And she's a she's a photographer and a videographer. Mm -hmm. So um, she found my stream and uh, loved my work, but then saw my really bad pictures. So she uh, messaged me on Facebook, said, hey, I'd be willing to help you. Gave me some advice and stuff like that. And um, and that, that kind of got us communicating more. And then that turned into us playing games together. And, and then it just kind of built to ended up doing like two years of long distance uh, before we figured out a way to close the gap so yeah she was just a viewer <laughs> when, I, when i first met her so that's a nice story so you basically found a love of your life thanks to polymer clay in the yeah well yeah yeah it, because of streaming and uh yeah in the mm -hmm. least the least expected place that's how it always is you know i never mm -hmm. would have thought that uh that, that that would play out the way that it did but mm -hmm. it did so and now we're married and we have a two-year-old a little little monster wow that's cool <laughs> well yeah. i was interesting in germany because it's a country next to the czech republic where yeah. i live yeah so perhaps one day we could do some kind of meetup and figure it out yeah i have face to face things i have my uh german family over there i would definitely love them mm -hmm. so uh, um we just obviously we haven't been able to really travel uh much yeah. because of the times we live in but uh, maybe if things get better or continue to get better, then uh, then we can definitely make something happen. So, Well, you are now sitting in your studio. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about how it looks like there? Well, it's uh, so I try to create a environment away from reality, if that makes sense. You know, like um, mm -hmm. I'm very big into like medieval fantasy, uh, 
you know, Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit type of stuff. So I designed my workspace to be like that, you know? So, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's like stepping into a different world. And that's kind of the feel I want to, cause you know, we, we keep all the real life drama out of the stream environment. And this is just kind of a place people can go to relax and to get away from all the, the noise. And, uh, so by creating this, um, if, it, if, if the place didn't look, uh, the way it looked, the stream wouldn't be as, uh, entertaining, you know, to be in and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, mm -hmm. you know, you have kind of strategies in the streaming because, you know, I'm just as much a sculptor as I am a streamer. It's a hand in hand, you know, and that's like two different jobs almost. And um, in the streaming world, it's very important that whatever the l little image that they see as they're scrolling through is interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very important because otherwise people will not, never click on your stream to go check it out. So... I got that idea to we need to make it so it always looks interesting no matter what's happening, you know, because you don't get to pick out that little picture on Twitch like you do on YouTube. You have to it just yeah. randomly grabs uh, image from the live feed. So so I was like, OK, well, we needed we need to make everything how it is. And and honestly, it helps me be more uh, inspired and creative being in a, an environment that is that, you know, inspiring and creative. So. Basically, your studio is a part of your visual identity that you present right? Yeah. on Twitch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it comes to music, is it important during the streaming as well? I think so. Yeah, I think audio is even more important than video because, like I said, a lot of times people are, they're passively watching, but they're listening, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, having a good quality audio and then having good, uh, you know, what I would consider universal music that everyone can enjoy, you know, because uh, there's there's music that I personally enjoy that I know is not universal that, you know, mm -hmm. so so I try to play stuff that uh, that everyone can enjoy and also has to be semi safe as far as like copyright and DMCA goes, because um, that can be an issue if you uh, if you're playing like top. 100 tracks from the radio uh, you're probably going to run into problems as a broadcaster so yeah it's really interesting to me that you are basically with others when you are creating the polymer clay so mm. i'm curious if there is any time that you are just yourself playing with the clay having your own time without yeah. no streaming yes i do uh, i have off stream work that i work on so i probably get about two hours uh, hour to two hours a day of just me uh, me working on things behind the scenes mm -hmm. also usually on sunday uh, it used to be sunday all day was off stream but now it's not so um but yeah it is i do i do get the off stream time just as much as the stream time it's just when you have the when you have everything set up the way I have it set up, it's just a, like a why not thing. Why not turn the cameras on and uh, yeah, and and work, you know? So. Makes sense. And to be honest, sometimes I feel I feel weird not having because I wear a camera like rig on my on uh -huh. my shoulders that gives a first person perspective, and I use the camera uh, to see the work from a different perspective. Just like artists take photos of their work to see it or look at it mm -hmm. through a mirror or all those tricks. I use that camera a lot to see because it, it catches the shadows and stuff uh, better than your eye does. So I can really see if the shape is correct or 
or if I'm having trouble with symmetry and then I look up at the screen at the camera, then uh, it, it tells me right right there that, uh, that it's off or on. It just gives you that little different perspective. So sometimes I feel weird when I'm working off stream that I don't have that uh, to look mm -hmm. at, you know, so. Well, that's super interesting. I watched one of your live streams today and it was very super quality. So I'm curious, how did it happen that you figure out the quality that you wanted to have during the Twitch? Well, it's something you're always working on. It's a never ending project because yeah. there's always more better equipment. There's always a, more you can do to the setup to make it nicer, you know, and, um, it's just something you just kind of slowly it start. I tell you what, my setup 10 years ago was, uh, you know, it was very bad compared to what it is now. And it's just slowly worked its way up from there. So, um, and then as far as other people's streams go, I think everybody just kind of has different, uh, things that they put value into, you know, or mm -hmm. things that they realize. But, um, I think, I think everybody tries to create the best that they can with what they have or at least i think they would but uh well you said that you are inspired by movies and things like lord of rings mm -hmm. and others mm -hmm. i'm curious if the music that is played and that is part of those movies inspires you in some way yeah absolutely yeah definitely also all, all the music i i listen to i have like i have a playlist of like almost 900 songs um mm -hmm. and it's all been handpicked my my wife actually is the one who puts that playlist together mm -hmm. so it's all all of them have been handpicked for you know just exactly the kind of music we want for the stream so and it's to be it's to be soothing you know because we want to be in a nice relaxed state when we're, we're working on sculpture and um so yeah soothing and adventurous and just yeah inspiring type of music Nothing annoying, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I have the same when I'm creating, and yeah. also in our studio, me and my sister, we are used to listening to the songs like from Chronicles of Narnia mm -hmm. and Outlander and others, and it's so relaxing to just be in kind of different world or reality. Right. So, do you experience that as well? Yeah, well, there's something that's called uh, what it's called flow state, where you when you're working on something, where you mm -hmm. just kind of time kind of ceases to exist, and sometimes it even looks. It's for me, it's like I'm not even. I'm just watching my hands work, and they're just doing. They're like mm -hmm. on autopilot, doing their own thing. So, um, yeah, definitely, I de definitely uh, step into that zone a lot. So, I see many often that people and influencers share their playlists on spotify and others mm -hmm. do you have something like that as well i ha so i have playlists that i used to use on spotify and pandora mm -hmm. but uh the one that i currently use is saved locally on my pc so i, I mm -hmm. don't have i don't have any way to like link that or anything but anytime mm -hmm. you're in my stream and you're curious of like a song that's playing all you gotta do is type in the chat exclamation point song and then it tells you tells you what wow. song well, the the person who made it where to you know where to get it so so i assume that you and your wife are a good team working together right yeah we, we spent 24 24/7 mm -hmm. together and uh our relationship started with us working together so um it's just grown uh a lot she actually uh she's starting to pick up a lot of like painting work she does a lot of the painting of the sculptures so 
um, mm -hmm. so that way I can continue working on. And we'd like to get it to the point where where I can where she can learn sculpture too. But she, she you know, she's work. She's got so much on her plate now. She's uh, you know, she's like yeah. the manager. She's the um, she's raising our our daughter. She's the painter. She does all the all the uh the film uh editing, social media, mm -hmm. photos of finished pieces. She does all of that. Um, she also oh, makes. She's the one who makes. Yeah, she makes. She's the one who makes the stream look so nice. Actually, the the footage we're seeing right now is is definitely because of a. Uh, uh, she she's very um, particular about how things need to look. So <laughs> yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious. When did you realize that you can make a living on the Twitch? Um, well, as soon as I was able to monetize. So Twitch mm -hmm. ha is uh, has tools for monetization like us. Uh, people can subscribe to a channel. You can watch a stream for free, but if you subscribe to a channel, it's like a Netflix subscription. You're paying five bucks a month and that is going to support the streamer. Um, so Twitch usually, Twitch gets their cut and then the streamer gets their cut. And then, mm -hmm. um, so when I got part, I got partnered on Twitch, you have to be partnered to be able to get subscribers. And when I got partnered on Twitch, um, it was just it was just different times there on Twitch. It was like the wild, wild west era, you know. So um, my channel kind of blew up because I was the first one to be doing something other than gaming, you know. So it was just very interesting to people. Um, if everyone's doing gaming and all, there's this one channel that's not, you know, it just draws a lot of attention. So pretty much right after I um, got partnered, I was able to quit my job and pursue sculpting streaming full-time because um, even though at that time I wasn't charging enough for my work, you know, I was very, uh, I'm still bad at that. You know, that's always a hard thing to do, but mm -hmm. the, the extra income I get from stream is what makes it possible because it's a steady pay. You know, I get a guaranteed monthly paycheck from Twitch. So, cause I, I, I you know, I like to be a, I like to be an artist and not a businessman, you know, and uh, the, so I'll do things even though I didn't charge for, you know, because I want mm -hmm. the artwork to look good, you know, because um, I care about the way something looks and I don't like to let it go unless it, it looks the way I want it to, you know. So so I oftentimes over deliver and that that's good because, you know, clients are always happy, you know, who, who doesn't mm -hmm. want to have a bigger sculpture or extra character or you know like stuff like that i do all the time if i was think if i was focused more on the money aspect and the business side i wouldn't do that stuff and then the art would suffer so um by having the stream it's like a safety net for my bad business decisions so <laughs> <laughs> well now i see the roles that you and your wife have if it makes sense and if it's right that you are more like an artist mm -hmm. and she's the manager behind right yeah, yeah. Well, she's more um, uh, particular. You know, I'm more of mm -hmm. like flow with the wind, loose, loose. And she's very, and, and she knows uh, what she wants, and you know, and is particular on what she wants. So, mm -hmm. but uh, we're we're both kind, we're both in more of the artist side of things. She's just more organized because she's German. So <laughs> German people are very, <laughs> very, uh, yeah, they are very tight about all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but, That's true. But I've been slowly Americanizing her, so te mm -hmm. teaching her how to relax is definitely a, a 
a thing. So <laughs> yeah, we are kind of crazy in the middle of Europe. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say the Czech Republic and Germany. Is I'd very say you similar. guys are probably all the same on that. I got to teach you guys how to relax. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Re really relax, because yeah, because like so, what we do to kind of keep our because we have a very busy schedule to keep mm. things in check is on Saturday it's a complete day of rest so no thinking about work no talking about work no working on things she has a hard she has a hard time doing that <laughs> she has a hard time not uh working on something so uh but i think it's important it's very important to keep that uh yeah that, uh, balance cuz you're able to mm -hmm. push and go much harder through the week if you know you have that day that's coming that you can take it easy you know so um, yeah. yeah, it's very difficult having like own projects and being an entrepreneurship and mm -hmm. and being an entrepreneur and trying to figure out everything because I can imagine guys your to do list like new things are popping up every single moment. Oh yeah, yeah. so it's never ending, right? Yeah, and well, and so like I've been in this lifestyle longer than she has, so teaching her that there's always going to be too much to do. You know, there's always mm -hmm. going to be too much to do. So you can't let it weigh. You can't. You should let it weigh down on her, and have to re remind her that it's all right. You know, do what we can, and that's all we can do. You know that there's no, mm -hmm. uh, there's there's always more you can do. There's always less thing you can do. But there's there's always a pile of of work, and it's a never ending uh, thing. You know, and when you work for yourself, you're you're not getting paid hourly. You never really clock out of the job. You know, it's not it's not like a normal job where you clock out and then you just don't even think about anything, you know, it's just gone, you know, cause you're not working anymore. Um, it, it's, it's, it's more of a, I guess, uh, it's more a part of you than if you're working for somebody else, it's more a part of you. you know? Well, if you are open to talk about it, I'm really interested in how did you set up the balance between yourself in a relationship? Because I can imagine how difficult it, it is and you know, having two people working together, mm -hmm. it's very different than having just one crazy person in the relationship, Yeah, <laughs> which I had like that. And it was very difficult to, for me and for my partner to understand that they are just things that needs to be done, even though it's like 11 p.m. Yeah. And that you kind of have like a free time whenever you need to, but also you have to work when it's really necessary. Yeah. And it's totally different than having a regular job. We call that uh, we call that going German mode when when there's stuff that uh -huh. has to get done. We have to turn activate German mode. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's the same way. She's definitely the same way with that. And I'm I'm more of the like, oh man, I just kind of want to take it easy. But um, but we we do good because it's because we're both working on the same objective. You know, we're both. Mm -hmm. It's 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 me and her. It's a mutual everything you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like we're we're a type of couple that literally like i said we spend 24 7 together we're, we're each other's best friend you know we were we work together and of course there's always going to be in any relationship those bumps in the road but uh mm -hmm. but you just overcome them and you grow stronger because of that uh together so you know me and her uh, we've been through a lot together so um i think i would i would never have it I wouldn't have it any other way, actually. I, I, I think having a working relationship um, is really nice because it prepare it really prepared us for being parents because that's what you're doing as a parent. 
you're mm -hmm. working together on a goal or a common objective, which is raising a kid, which is work, you know? And uh, so having the ability to communicate and work together, uh, it, it just makes us uh, grow together, uh, you know, yeah. more like this, you know, so. Yeah, you're going to understand each other very easily instead of, you know, having a different kind of jobs and work to do. Right. So, well, I can see that your wife influenced you a lot at some point and you did to yourselves as well. Yeah. But when it comes to your artwork, what would you say that influenced your sculpting style the most? Well, um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, so when I was younger... I loved like action figures and stuff like that. And there was this specific uh, action figure that came out uh, made by Todd, Todd McFarlane. They're like spawn mm -hmm. action figures, but what made them different from all the other ones was they were just super detailed, like really detailed. And um, you know, other kids toys are more like loose and, you know, goofy looking. These were like super detailed, looked awesome. And I think uh, I was just always attracted to that side of things, you know, the details, textures, stuff like that. Like I really try and render it out. And really I'd say the, uh, I'd say the biggest thing is the, um, is nature, you know, the world around us. Mm -hmm. Nothing is more detailed than nature. I could pick up a random stick outside and it's going to be more detailed than anything I've ever made, you know, and that's just one stick, you know, so. Well, many sculptors are working with ghost clay specifically. And I'm in touch with this company and those people that are very wonderful. Mm -hmm. So how did this clay help you to achieve the results you want? This, okay, this clay completely changed the way I do everything. And it really mm -hmm. unlocked the ability because, you know, I ship my work all over the place. And in the past, it was an engineering challenge to make it so pieces wouldn't break, you know, because that was always, mm -hmm. that was always like a big, uh, a big problem you know um i didn't have them breaking all the time because i had to i had to design them to come apart i had to use other materials like cloth and stuff like that to try and achieve the looks that i want um but as soon as i caught wind of cosplay i immediately contacted them and it was like i need this in my life you know and uh <laughs> and they they i got on as a beta tester so i actually beta tested mm -hmm. cosplay and then they did the Kickstarter. It was hugely successful. Um, and I've been kind of a, an ambassador of theirs uh, since the very beginning. And uh, I make everything out of cosplay now. Um, just be, mm -hmm. just simply because of the fact that your pieces are like like a chunk of rubber. You know, it's like indestructible. Yeah. So um, I can make little flowy pieces of cloth, you know, all those little touches like hair, actually like doing each strand, you know, like uh, for example here like a Gimli's mm -hmm. beard here, you know, like all the, all these little hairs down wow. here, you know, they're That's all, wonderful. they're all individually done. I would never do that with like another uh, polymer clay. So what it does is it just, it, it takes the limitations off of the table. So now mm -hmm. I can just make things how I want to make things and not have to worry so much about, Oh, is this going to break? You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, in I would say that in the community of jewelry artists, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. And the cosplay is not well known there yet. And I think that those women are kind of afraid 
to work with something that is more like a rubbery thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just about the time when new techniques will it's like a, even come. You ever you ever had like a rubber mallet? It's like that dense kind of rubber. It's not like super flappy mm-hmm. and flimsy. Yeah. So it it it's um I think it'd be great for uh, jewelry or any type of keychains or stuff like that that takes wear and tear. You know, you're gonna want mm-hmm. a material that's fall apart on you. So yeah, I think uh, I think you're I think you're right that they haven't caught on at. Uh, just yet but yeah i also think it's hasn't even been out you know it's been out for uh i think just a little bit over a year so mm-hmm. um all these other uh, polymer clay brands have been around for a long time you know decades so yeah it's just decades, it just true. takes time and also i know for international people it's a little bit harder to get the clay because um you know cost clay um they ship to people in america but in order for you guys to get it overseas somebody there has to take on the material to be a distributor you know so so it's building that rapport building up the name of cosplay so then they can so then people will come to cosplay and say hey we want to carry your product and then now it's going to be more available you know so it's i think it just takes time for uh, that ball to roll you know well i was very surprised when i did an interview with arnold from cosplay mm-hmm. and i realized that he's the guy behind monster clay yep. which i know from different people yep. working with silicone and other materials so i was like wow that's cool that they basically repeated the success and everything yeah, in yeah. a very different industry it's not it's not his first rodeo and he you know he's he's been developing it for a long time the material mm-hmm. you know i think like 12 or 13 years and he is a great mm-hmm. he's a great guy i i've actually had him come onto the stream and interviewed him so the audience could uh uh, ask him questions and stuff like that and yeah. alex and arnold they they're they're great they're great people so so not yeah. only are you getting an awesome product from them but you're supporting awesome people so <laughs> yeah they're not yeah. they're not some like corporate entity that just doesn't care like they they are artists themselves and they care about the material that they make so very wonderful thing because you know with other polymer clay brands sometimes this is not a standard yeah. so when you are trying to you know, get their attention and just ask about some kind of cool projects that they are planning or doing. It's not an easy thing to do. And I hear many like feedbacks from others that it's just so hard to just tell them what is wrong and what's great. Well, I'm going to give you some feedback. Uh, So I used to use Sculpey for a long time, for years. Yeah. And I tried contacting them for like seven years. Didn't get a single word back from them because, you know, because I was a streamer. I even lived near where they made it and I wanted to contact Uh them to go and see how, you know, like get like a Willy Wonka factory tour of Mm -hmm. of how the clay is made. Didn't get a peep from them. So I feel like I agree. I think they're those companies are just detached from their their uh, customers, you know, so yeah they're completely and the mission is also different like they there are companies that they prefer to have their clay in michaels and you know some kind of stationary thing right they're old they're old school uh they're like brick and mortar old school the internet isn't a thing to them yet and it's like well come on Mm -hmm. get with the times you know like yeah uh, yeah you got to be involved on social media you know you got you have to do that kind of stuff nowadays so um but they Mm -hmm. but they haven't and and you could okay you could always tell that like for they they've always kind of ousted people like uh that make like detailed sculptures they were never really mm-hmm. really interested in that community you can tell they're more focused on like 
the jewelry side of things, you know, making the colored plays yeah. and stuff like that. Because I so what made me make the big switch from Sculpey to Cosplay was they actually discontinued the line of Sculpey that I was using. I was using the mm -hmm. Sculpey original and the gray color, and uh, yeah, they discontinued it. So I was like, I, I contacted Arnold. I said, like, Hey, you know, I want to make Cosplay my main clay. You wanna you wanna but partner up? And he's like, Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> wow that's great and it was probably the best decision that i made you know or, or i didn't even have to make it it just kind of happened but, but yeah it was, it was the best choice for me as an artist uh cosplay coming into the scene when it did uh in my lifespan is just awesome you know because i've always been a polymer clay artist from the very beginning so well there is something you know so cool when there is like a connection between the artist and the producers of the material. Mm -hmm. So would you say that it helped you with the material itself? Because I assume that you don't have to buy the clay and you are kind of promoting the clay right. on your yeah. Twitch. Yeah, they so they they uh, any anytime I need material, they send it to me, and uh, that's it. That's just that's how it is. Yeah. And, uh, I support them, and they support me, and that's that's how we do things. So. It's yeah, a, I would say that this is the new way of thinking in today's world mm -hmm. when you are open to do something for free and to receive as well. Yeah, and I really like this kind of win-win situation and collaborations like well, that. It's the it's the literal it's the recipe to good business. A good morally yeah. grounded business is everyone's benefiting. You know, the customers and all parties involved are benefiting. Bad bad business is when one side is benefiting and the other is being hurt or not benefiting you know so it's it's just the way things should be done yeah well i would like to say that you're a part of the latest issue of the magazine of the mm -hmm. polymeric magazine and i'm very thankful that we could share your story there yeah and i would say that our communities are just different because we have like the jewelry artists around and you are more about among sculptors mm -hmm. So do you think that those two different groups can actually get inspired from each other? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get inspired just by watching like a blacksmith work or, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to be the exact thing that you do. And I even get ideas from other people's crafts, you know. Um, I, I You probably know that there's like a group of polymer clay artists that do like the miniature food you know like the really mm -hmm. tiny food yeah and i i love watching those videos on youtube and stuff like that because you know there's little there's little things that i think oh you know i could use that in my own work like this or that you know when you're learning different techniques and stuff like that so um i absolutely i absolutely think there's no there are no like walls or anything between the communities and and uh like for example somebody that's into uh, making jewelry could come and watch the stream just like um, we have yeah. fabric artists that watch the stream, um, you know, people that uh, do all kinds of things, you know. So we even have like a, we have a Discord channel, which is like a place where we can all uh, share stuff. And we have a creative section where people share their creative uh, things and what they're working on. Because, you know, they see what I'm working on all the time and I like to see what they're doing as well. You know, mm -hmm. so um, we even have a gardening section. I'm, I'm big into gardening. That's like one of my other uh, passions in life so mm -hmm. uh, we sh cool. share each other's gardens and progress and stuff like that so yeah yeah you know i like the kind of mission of ours that is that in the magazine and our social media and just things around the polymer week are open to anyone which means that i do not prefer jewelry artists 
than like sculptors or mm -hmm. miniaturists. So I really like to show every kind of different things that are possible to make from polymer clay and the material is like connection itself. But it's true that it's like very divided into different sections mm -hmm. and different groups. And sometimes we receive the feedback, you know, there was in the magazine, let's say, there was a lot of jewelry or there was too many sculpting things and projects. <laughs> so it's just like trying to figure out yeah. the balance between right. everything. Well, in, in your in your case, you can't make everyone happy all the time. You know what I'm saying? No. There's always going to be somebody who's uh, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. jive with them for some reason. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the fact that you don't have to be a sculptor to appreciate sculpture. You know, all the people that watch mm -hmm. my stream, you know, there's, like I said, there's probably a tiny percentage of them that are actually sculptors too, you know, but they enjoy it and they're inspired by it uh, regardless, whatever, whatever they do for a living, you know, mm -hmm. or, um, so. Yeah. yeah. The same is like with the materials that I see a lot of people from totally different things like baking and mm -hmm. making pastry. I'm inspired by pastry a lot and I follow those most popular pastry chefs on Instagram and Reels. Okay. And I'm just inspired by the chocolate and the way that they are using the chocolate and mold it and create like three-dimensional pieces. Do you see that? And then I'm thinking about that in polymer. Yeah. Do you see that show on uh, Netflix with that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that, with that. Amaury Gishong. Yep. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I, I've yeah. seen him on Facebook all the time. That guy's got all kinds yeah, of... Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like Cedric Grolat from France, I guess. And he is like a totally different... He's awesome because he basically figured out how to create fruit uh, desserts from like things that you can eat, but they are looking the same way as the fruit does and it uh, okay. tastes as well. Okay. Very similar. Interesting. So they are like, <laughs> it's very cool to see because I see very, a lot of similar things in the polymer clay community and in the pastry community as well. Okay. So I assume that these things are similar. And it basically doesn't matter what material you use, right. but it's just work the same. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's that's all we do is as artists, we're taking some sort of material and we're manipulating mm -hmm. it in different ways to create different results. I I always talk about, um, so when I was a younger artist, I used to kind of, and I'm sure every younger artist goes through this where you're like, I need to have a style, you know, I need to mm -hmm. think of what my style is and, and execute it. And well, as I got older, I realized you don't really decide your style. It just happens naturally. You know, it just happens. And it's ba it's all based on your small uh, preference choices. You know, mm -hmm. how you, yeah. what materials you use, how you use them. All those little decisions come together and it's all based around just what you like, you know, so. Um, yeah, including the music and the movies. Well, right, yeah, exactly. That you're yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole other dimension when you're getting into streaming too, yeah. you know, because streaming is a, a creative activity too you know so i i try to take creativity should be applied every every facet of our life it should be applied to you know we, creative there's creative problem solving uh there's just thinking creatively is like a muscle and the more you flex it the the stronger it gets so mm -hmm. um once you step you, you you fully immerse yourself into that mindset you know that that i'm a creative person and I'm going to try and be creative with it, whatever I'm doing, you know, and uh, it's just a, a great way to live. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you ever have some kind of time when you felt 
that it's enough that you don't want to sculpt for a few days or you just want to take a break? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, okay, so I had a time, there was a time in my career where um, uh, I, I had a big long hiatus, like three months, just I was burnt out of the work. My life was just in ruin, you know, and it, it all came down to the foundation of who I am. You know, like I never took the time to, ask myself who I am and how do I want to be, you know, and get that nice foundation. So I was living this life of just chaos, you know? And, uh, of course, when you're, when you're stressed out, when you're living a chaotic lifestyle, it just saps all the joy and fun out of anything that you do, you know, even if you love it, you yeah. know? So, so by re I hit the reset button, you know, I moved back to my parents' house, hit the reset button. This is all before I even met my wife. And, um, and really started focusing on becoming the person that I want to be and how I want to live life and really thinking about that. You know, I took a lot, a long mm -hmm. time to spend a lot of hours out and I built a garden, you know, I spent a lot of hours just thinking and uh, figuring that foundational stuff out. And then when I built my new life on top of that, uh, it's just stable and uh, I enjoy every, every, every minute of it, you know? So, so now, mm -hmm. and now I, I never feel artist fatigue or like a like I like I don't want to um, sculpt or you know I don't feel burnt out and it's just simply I just taken stress out of my life and and uh, built my life better uh, than what it was before and uh, so it just doesn't happen. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned the gardening and mm -hmm. do you feel like there is something about gardening that maybe makes your mind more in peace and it just gives you some kind of relax that we all need yeah of course it's a, it's a thing about it it's it used to be something that every person did yeah Get, uh, growing food growing food um getting water all these basic building a fire all these basic human things that we used to do that we were kind of separated from now um really does it it grounds you you know it brings you back down to earth yeah. gives you because it's you know we're constantly being bombarded by noise and lights and stuff like that in a, in this modern world that going back to a setting like that where you're getting your hands in some dirt and you're you know you're watching plants grow day by day they get a little bit bigger and it's just yeah it's just awesome so i like to think of our minds are a garden you know so our mm -hmm. so if you just let the wind blow in the seeds of weeds and thorns and stuff and you don't pull them out, you know, then it, it keeps growing and becomes a bigger, bigger problem. And uh, you, you want to, you want the seeds that you planted to stay and to thrive and to grow the positive things, you know, and when negative things come in, you, you pull them when they're little and it's easy. If you let them stay, it grows into something bigger and it's harder to deal yeah. with. So, uh, yeah. That's a nice metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely look yeah. at uh, stuff like that. So Well, I cannot agree more. I just feel like that, even though I don't have much time and I just go to the garden, pick up some things that I can harvest there, like some herbs or just fruits, I don't know. It just makes me feel better, like immediately, right. just being there for a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also like uh, we, we like to go on hikes, like out in the middle of the woods, mm -hmm. you know, and that is just, you're just, it's just taking away that modern world for a bit, you know, and just enjoying nature. Uh, I think I think uh, it's called uh, forest bathing is what they call it, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and it really does. 
it helps it helps uh um level you out you know so get, getting away from all the 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 noise of life also lately if i may share my experience with you i just realized that you know i used to drive when i needed to go somewhere and then my car did not survive somehow and i just had to you know send it to the trash and i i felt like that okay i'm just not going to buy another car i just will walk anywhere i will have to so even though we live in a city and we with my sister we walk like long distances like one hour two hours to get somewhere or just grab a coffee somewhere it just feels totally different than being a part of like the society things like going in full tram or bus mm -hmm. and when we spend like the time walking even though it's in the middle of the city and there are like cars and people and the heat from the weather mm -hmm. it's just a totally different experience yeah, of course and you kind of are very happy that you had those many kilometers on your phone so you feel like okay we had some workout and now we just can chill and right. watch a movie so how do you feel about these things around you when it comes to sharing your life with other people because you mentioned the noise and the city and sometimes this can be a lot right yeah it can be for people i i would say yeah. my my life is very uh noise free but it's because i'm proactive in keeping that away you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and um um i actually I, i had a phase in my life where my car went kaput and i had to uh get around on a bike for like years mm -hmm. I, i did it that way and I, i i look back at that time and i loved i loved that time you know like uh yeah. you're you're more fit you, you feel better and it just i don't know it's something about using your own two legs to get somewhere you know it's just more value in getting places you mm -hmm. know and uh um now i have a car but uh but i i always i always think back of that time and uh i, I totally agree it's definitely nice to get yeah. around with your own two feet um if you're in a situation like that so maybe our listeners are getting crazy how we end up speaking about that but i feel or i think that these things are very connected when it comes to artist's mind and it's so important to have your mind kind of ready to create mm -hmm. because it can get a lot and just working on your own and constantly creating something and then being surrounded by things that you don't really like Mm -hmm. and just can mess up with your life i would say yeah it, it's been the kind of cornerstone or, or like i said foundation to all of my success because mm -hmm. you can't produce your best work you can't work really hard um if you're not in a stable um mindset you know what i'm saying um because it'll be always a lesser version of yourself if you're you know stressed out or or whatever um whatever mm -hmm. kind of negativity is going on in your life so you have to work first on instead of instead of, you gotta get to the source you know the root of the problem and get it out of your life and then and then you can really be uh the best you can be you know it's hard it's hard you know like if you're if you're stressing out about like money or something like that how are you supposed to be creative and come up with because to me the at the base level of creativity is fun that's that's really what it is and you can't have fun if you're stressing out it's just impossible so all of my best creative ideas have been just a fun idea you know that i had uh and it turns into something cool because it's fun and you enjoy it and and yeah so mm -hmm. kind of figuring out a way to flip that switch in your mind to turning all that negative stuff off that it's easier said than done i know but it is possible you can do it 
Uh, and it's just a, you have to constantly remind yourself of the good things and the positive things. And, and you train your mind to uh, dwell on positive things instead of negative things. Cause we're, we're, most of us are kind of tuned at the beginning to just really focus on negative things, you know, and you really have to, yeah. you have to go through this constant uh, reminder process to train yourself to think positively and be an optimist and be, you know, uh, to not let things mm -hmm. get you down, you know, so. Yeah, it reminds me someone or it was like a movie or a book or I don't know, just the way that when you wake up and you constantly start thinking that tomorrow you might be dead, mm -hmm. you just immediately switch your mindset and you're going to your life and to the start of the day completely different. So mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, I'm going to enjoy that and I'm just so happy to be here and I'm going to do whatever I want to instead of what others are telling me and so on. Right. So it's just like, it's a way how to go through the life with some kind of positivity, including the negative aspect. Right. The negative aspect that one day you might not be here. Well, yeah, of course, all of us. All of us have to go through that, those gates at some point. So, um, yeah. and uh, that's just, to me, I look at that as just a natural part of the, the life here, you know? Everything has mm -hmm. to do it. Even plants, animals, everything has to go through that step. So, yeah. So it's not something to be afraid of. But I, I get what you're saying. It's like having that uh, me mentality of not letting things affect you. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you know. So yeah. Wow. You know, we end up talking about such a <laughs> cool things about souls and lives and everything. And I have a couple of questions about polymerically as well. That's all right. So if we can go through this kind of topic, kind of, you know, not naturally. Sure. But, you know, I'm interested in your process because I know that you sculpt with one color clay mm -hmm. and then you paint them. Is it with acrylic, yep. uh, acrylic paints? Yes, it is. Yeah. I think one way, uh, so something I learned that's very valuable that, kind of defines the way I work is uh, really exploiting the fact that you can bake polymer clay stuff multiple times, you know, without any negative consequences. So to get the really high details everywhere on the project, all you have to do is just do little sections at a time. So uh, for example, like this guy right here, mm -hmm. you can see uh, I start with just like the basic figure. He's going to be completely covered in armor. This has been baked, you know, this has been hardened. And then I did like, I did one boot here and then I baked it again, the whole thing again, locked it in, baked the, yeah. the other boot, baked it. And now I'm working on this leg plate and then I bake it that way. So, so by really exploiting that, I'm able to get that, uh, high level detail, um, you know, throughout the whole piece, you know, and that's kind of my, my sculpting. Uh, kind of like when I came to that like epiphany one day, one day I was just like, oh, why am I not baking many, many times instead of I would always try to like get as much in as I could, you know, and and try to do it in one run, you know, or one baking cycle. Um, but then it's like very uncomfortable to work on because you're trying to like not touch it. You're trying not to avoid the details you've done. So um, mm -hmm. and then one, so once you get through the sculpting process, yeah, then I. Then I go through with acrylic paints and I, like I said, my wife uh, and I work hand in hand on the painting. So um, um, she, she's very good at the, the painting stuff. So we go back and forth. We, we play off of each other's strengths, you know, because there's certain things she does painting wise that she's better at than me. And there's certain things that I have a better eye for and 
uh, we use both of those things to make the, the ultimate mm -hmm. uh, end product. So, yeah. And when it comes to baking, do you have some kind of special bigger oven? I have I have a standard American oven, which is big. So because Americans do mm -hmm. appliances very big. So, um, yeah, you know, that piece I just showed you is, I think, about probably about uh, 14 inches tall, which is what that's uh, 40 ish centimeters. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the exact conversion, but um, and that's about as tall as the inside of my oven is. So and it's just a standard kitchen oven. I've thought about uh, actually getting a smoker, uh, an outside smoker to to bake mm -hmm. my work in because you can get those in a much bigger or taller compact capacity. And then you could also bake it outside so you don't have to like ventilate your kitchen. So, you know, a lot of sculptors usually wear like gloves when sculpting. How do you feel about it? Is it comfortable for you or you do not prefer to wear them? No, I don't I don't like wearing gloves. I hate wearing gloves. So um, yeah. I will wear gloves when I use like epoxy clays and and stuff like mm -hmm. that, that, you know, is not good for uh, to touch. Um, but when it comes to clay, I definitely don't want don't want gloves on there. You yeah. know, when you're doing a lot of like smoothing with your fingers and you, you can't get those nice smooth uh, motions if you're wearing uh, gloves because they just kind of get caught up. Yeah. And, you don't feel the clay, you know, like it's just like a plastic covered right. on your fingers. Yeah. 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 It's very different. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. and it's also, it's just uncomfortable for me for, to wear gloves. I've always been, I've yeah. always been a, a, a non-glove wearer. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I did wear all the time, you just get used to it. But I just, I, I, I prefer not to. <laughs> What is the most incredible commission you ever received? Well, I'd say there's like a group of them. It's hard to say which one was the mm -hmm. best, but, uh, you know, I did this, I had this, uh, client that wanted, well, actually I was just talking some, I'm talking on stream a lot and I was just spouting out a cool idea of like how cool it would be to, um, uh, create like a whole like Hobbit scene where we have the, the whole Hobbit house and you could see on the inside of it and, all the outside and all that stuff mm -hmm. and somebody in in the stream that was just listening liked the idea so much that that uh she commissioned me to make it and uh that was just a huge piece it was uh very very big yet you, you definitely have to check it out if you haven't seen it but it was this huge hobbit scene had like um the whole outside of the yard the front had uh, lights in the windows and and then on the back side you had like uh you flip it over on the back side and And you could see into the Hobbit's house, and there's like an old grandpa Hobbit sitting in his chair by the fire, and and yeah, that that was that was just a, a dream project to be able to do. Wow. So mm -hmm. um, now I don't refrain from sharing my good ideas because you never know if somebody's listening that uh, it inspires them to want to actually have it made. Um, and then I've also done like lots of uh, projects for like bigger named people, like streamers and. Mm -hmm. um, like uh twitch twitch themselves actually commissioned me to make a gift or a project for a big streamer by the name of uh summit 1g this guy gets like 30,000 live viewers at a time like he's very very big in the uh the first person shooter community and stuff and um and then I, there was a project that i took on i actually got commissioned by a game company um that makes warframe which is a very big game and uh that the the that project is what allowed me to kind of kick off my new life you know allowed me to get a car rent a place and then my my wife to be would move to america and we'd start our life together and that that 
project and the attention I got from that. And, you know, cause they raided my stream one day with like 16,000 people and, you know, I was just getting tons of support and, uh, that allowed me to make that big wow. step. So I'd say that was pretty so change your life. Yeah. It was, it, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It just allowed me to, mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of pay for things, you know, so to, to get things, uh, rolling quicker because otherwise i probably would have had we probably would have had to do long distance longer than save up the money you know so mm -hmm. um well when it comes to these special things and commissions again you mentioned that when you work on them for such a long time and hours and hours you basically attach to them and you feel in love with them and how hard is it for you to send them to you know i've never been attached to my work uh, like that. Mm -hmm. I've never been like that. Okay. Uh, I've always, I think it's cause I've sold my work from the very beginning, you know, like, uh, that I never really developed that sense of like, I want to keep this kind of thing. And actually to me, it's, it's, I guess it's more of like that. I, I appreciate it if somebody else has it more than if I have it because they're enjoying mm -hmm. my work. I can always make more work. You know, I could always That's make true. new things uh -huh. and I always have a collection of work in the workshop. It's just always changing, you know? So, um, and then there's the other aspect of, um, the newest project I make, I always feel like is my best because I'm always growing, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always constantly yeah. getting better. So, um, so then the previous one is not right, like, exactly. It's like, it's like, like becomes obsolete almost, you know, um, that's just the way I think about things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never had a problem with that being super attached to my work. So. And and people ask me that on stream, like, uh, if I ever just make something for myself to keep, and I I have to explain it to them this way. It's like imagine you go to work at your day job and you work for a month, and they give you your paycheck at the end of the month, but instead of going to the bank and cashing it to buy groceries, you just put it in a frame and stick it on your wall. That's how it feels. That's how it feels for me if I was to make something to keep, you know, as is like because this is how I make my living. So it's 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 hard to justify the time of I pretty much I can't afford my own artwork, if that, that makes sense. So <laughs> uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's cool that you share these things. That's very right. cool to have some kind of insight to the lives of an artist. Right, right. So I really appreciate that you're very honest about your journey. Yeah. So, well, I know that in the magazine, we questioned you and asked you about some kind of innovative things and technologies and NFTs. Mm -hmm. So last question, how do you feel about these things coming to our world and having those kind of options and possibilities that we all have, even though it doesn't feel for a lot of people just the right thing to do in the moment? Right. I mean, it obviously is a controversial topic and the reason yeah. it is that way is because of i mean people talk about the uh, the environmental side of things but i i think there's environmental impact no matter what you're doing you know even paper money has environmental impact but yeah. but um my biggest thing is the 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 amount of the the art theft that's out there um is the part that sucks you know but the idea just at face value the idea of what an nft is is a good thing you know if you think about it, it it provides artists a way to monetize something that they couldn't before so supporting mm -hmm. artists and also keeps track of uh, the ownership and who made that piece of artwork you know and there's no way to get rid of that uh that information you know so it's like eternally stamped 
this is the artist that made this piece, you know? And so uh, it, the problem is, is if, if the artist themselves does don't uh, mint the artwork, then somebody else could go mint it. And, you know, and that's where we run into all those issues and stuff like that. And I, I think it's something that's not going to go away, but I think it's going to evolve into probably something uh, better, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so I, I keep a very close eye on that stuff. I'm actually, so I'm actually involved in a project where uh, I took on a commission where they commissioned me to make two pieces of artwork that they will turn into NFT and become part of their project, you know? And so um, I think it's good to just observe that world and, and get involved a little bit, you know? And, and uh, um, I had an idea where I think it would be really cool so using photogrammetry, which is um, it's a process of taking photos of a sculpture um, all the way around in every which angle. Yeah. And then you throw that into the computer and a program will crunch all that information and actually produce a 3D model of it. So you could literally digitize your tradi traditional work. Yeah. And I, I thought that would be pretty cool in the, in the NFT space or just for like imagine having a digital art gallery. You know, where if you have a VR headset or something like that, you could go into this little world you would create and you'd have I'd have all my traditional art pieces there in the room that you could look around and walk around and even change the size of them and stuff like that. You can basically build a studio in the same way as you have right. in the online world. Exactly. Yeah. Where people, and people could can see that. it better, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so... I think as that stuff continues to progress and get better, there's going to be, mm -hmm. again, w creative ways, you know, we can use our creativity in everything yeah. we do and, uh, and, and try to explore that world. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on, on that whole scene, you know, and I'm not too, I'm not too big of a fan of the whole, um, um, the computer generated project art, which most people label as the nft world you know that it's mostly that but um but there are actual artists making art and uh, be mm -hmm. able to support themselves off of their art through the nft world too you know it's just, it's just it's the bad you know it's like focusing on the negative again you know we're looking at the all the bad things that are going on with nfts and and not realizing that there there are good things you know there are good things going on mm -hmm. there so yeah i would say that it's kind of pretty important to be interested in these things that are coming to our world, even though they may seem kind of crazy right now. Right. But I assume that it was the same when the internet was firstly invented and nobody cares. Exactly. And now it's just like a big thing. Well, and so we never know. There is a, there's a power to being uh, the first one to doing something, you know, or mm -hmm. to being yeah. one of the first people to be involved or uh, doing something. It's, it's so much easier to get ahead, you know, uh, uh, you know, from a social media perspective or uh, as an artist perspective, if you get on a, a train early, you know, it was the same. That's why my stream was successful. I was the first one to do it, you know, so it just by default automatically, you know, I get people that come in that are starting streams nowadays and asking me uh, how how it was for me. And I, t I tell them my experience is completely different because I was the first to do it, you know? And so a lot of things came easy because of that, you know? And so I think it's good to always be informed on what thing, what things are happening in our world and, um, 
I don't think it's something that's going to go away. You know, it's not like some, it's not like some fad that's just going to die off one day. It'll probably, like I said, I think it'll probably evolve into something next, you know, and then, and, mm -hmm. but if you, if you get on something early, it, here's the thing. I, I see a world where once this whole metaverse idea starts to really take off, then you're going to start to see the actual practical use for NFTs, which is, to, you know, if you if there's this metaverse world, well, people are going to want artwork to decorate their metaverse houses, you know, and that's where the NFTs come in. You know, you have to have the NFT to have the artwork on display. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Uh, definitely an interesting world to to look at. But I always try to stay informed, at least informed on what's happening, what it's about, trying to understand it, you know, because um, that's the best thing we could do for ourselves is even if we're not for it or whatever um at least know about it you know at least be informed so because it is something that's in our world that's probably yeah. gonna keep growing so i don't know if you want to answer but when it comes to these new things and cryptocurrency are you an opener of bitcoin or something uh i have a little bit just a small little bit um just mm -hmm. just because just because you know just to kind of see how like again more for inform information purposes how does it work you know yeah You can't, yeah. you can't really understand it until you do a little bit of it. But, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a man of, uh, of money, as you would say. So I don't, I don't have invest, I, my, all my investment money goes to, uh, to groceries and diapers. So, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, uh, but, yeah, I have the same. I mean, like I, I'm happy to have some, but like a zero, 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 three, let's say, because yeah, it always mm -hmm. feels like. You say, I have a Bitcoin and everyone was like, wow, you have so much money on your <laughs> yeah. account and you basically yeah. have like a tiny part. But it's true that being a part of that, at least at some point, in some way, is kind of helping to understand what's going on. Right. And, I, you know, probably if I had more uh, means, I probably would have more. But um, because here's the thing, it's a it's a different type of currency, which means... Yeah. If something happens to our current currency, at least you have something uh, somewhere else that has value. Because, um, I mean, I, I like watching a lot of like documentaries and stuff like that. And uh, in Zimbabwe, which uh, their currency inflated like crazy to the point where like a loaf of bread was like trillions of dollars, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it inflated like that. So now they actually uh, store their wealth in cattle cows because the value of a cow never changes you know what i'm saying yeah it, 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 the worth of it is never yeah. going away so so people uh their wealth is not their money anymore it's how much how many cows do you have you know and that, that that's kind of a an interesting lesson the fact that you know um uh our money that we have now only has value because we say it does you know and who's to say that one day it's going to have no value, you know, or very mm -hmm. little, you know, and uh, that's yeah. just the way the the current world we live in is just, it's a crazy roller coaster. So it, it, I think, it, I think it is uh, wise to, um, you know, diversify, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Well, we can see the same in Russia right now. Like I have a lot of Russian artists on my feed on Instagram because mm. in the community of Polymer Clay, there are just like a lot of makers in those parts of the world and I remember that they complain a lot about you know like the money situation Inflation, like it's yeah. changed mm -hmm. yeah very quickly 
So it's always good to have some kind of back doors to think right. about it in a different way. Right, exactly. So, because, um, yeah, because if, say, say somebody in Russia had uh, a bunch of money stored away in Bitcoin, well, guess what? The value of their money didn't change, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Bitcoin's value I assume does... many people did. Right. Yeah. The Bitcoin's value does change. It's a pretty stable one, but... Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's diversify, not putting all your eggs in one basket, essentially, you know, when it comes to, mm. and I'm not, trust me, I'm no, I'm no financial expert whatsoever. You know, yeah. I, I make enough to get by and that's about it. But, uh, uh, I, I, I try to stay informed about things, even mm. though, even though I'm like, I'm not a man of money, but I like to be informed about all those things going on. So. Yeah. yeah you know i like the idea that it's not just about money like i see so many artworks behind you and it's just i can feel that it means a lot to you and i like the idea that you kind of you know you go with a flow you create something and you are happy making the money mm-hmm. on the way yeah of course yeah. It, well it, yeah. what it, it does is obviously we need we have to have money to survive but should it be the focus of our life and i don't i don't think so uh, at least not for me. It's not not the focus of my life. There's w- way more important things that have no financial value that I like to focus on, and um, you know, and because when you, when you leave this life, none of that money comes with you, you know. But I I, I think your experiences and your connections do. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's just where, oh, where I, yeah, that's where I put my 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 value uh, in, of life is. Um, money will give you temporary happiness. You know, you're happy when you get a little bit of money, right? But then that fades away, and you need more to to maintain that happiness. I look for more sustainable sources of happiness. You know, like, um, you know, the loving my wife and my daughter, uh, gardening. It's like some of the best things in life are free. You know, it doesn't cost mm-hmm. anything to love somebody and to be to be loved back. You know, it doesn't cost anything for that. So. Uh, creativity is free, you know, and it's tons of joy in uh, being yeah. a creative person and, and creating things, you know. Um, yeah. Have you seen the movie Into the Wild? I don't think so. Is that a new one? Totally the same, very same topic you are talking about. Yeah. Like the best things in life are for free and the happiness is real when it's shared. And it's a very nice movie, pretty old. No, I was like, pretty old. It's just like <laughs> 20, uh, 2008, it's not old. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just like, it's very nice. I'll have to, I'll have to it, check it out. So Yeah. It's about a guy who just goes out of the society to just explore the world on his own. And That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Going through these things and situations. Yeah, just... A little tip from me at the, at the end of the podcast, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is there something we haven't talked about? Is there something you would like to mention before we finished? Hmm. I don't think so. I, I, I'd probably just like to encourage people out there because I'm sure a lot of your audience is um, not familiar with Twitch or streaming. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I'd encourage you guys to get on there and ex- explore it and, uh, you know, check out... Um, there's so many creative artists. There's so much cool stuff to watch, you know, like we don't have to watch uh, TV anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's way more fun uh, things that are more specific to what we like to watch. And, and you might not think you even would enjoy watching something like sculpture. 
that's actually the number one feedback I got from people when I first started. They're like, I, I didn't, I didn't know I would enjoy watching sculpture so much, you know, until you actually do it, you know, you, how could you know? So I truly love and appreciate how we switch from the polymer clay world to, you know, like the way of living and what it takes to be an artist. So, so thank you for part being... of it. Everything goes together, okay. you know? So, so Yeah. So thank you very much. Hey, thank you for yeah. having me on here. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So people can go to your Twitch account and also to your social media, right? You're yep. active on yep. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, if you look up uh, CNAPUSH, I'll come up on Google. Mm -hmm. uh, probably okay. even You could probably even say uh, Sculptor Streamer Guy on Google and it would probably come up with me. So <laughs> mm -hmm. that's yeah, CNAPUSH, that's, that's okay. the name. So. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank, thank you. Thank you.